What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. This is episode 101. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening, as always. I am joined by my blithesome co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Say hello. <laughs> Please be sure to find us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out the show account at Half Street High Heat. You can find all our handles there. You do might want to check it out because Nick and Ryan have both changed their handles recently. And don't forget to check out the website, halfstreethighheat.com, which is updated daily with outtakes from the podcast articles lots more um, also be sure to check out the youtube channel the rundown with half street high heat that is updated frequently with awesome new videos how you guys doing pretty good I had a good weekend went to the beach got some color Ooh, nice yeah nice it was not very beachy well it was pretty nice here we got up to like 70 but now it's it was hell again yeah it was fake spring one. It does this every single oh, March. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. It does yeah. it every spring single of deception. March. Yes. yes. It was 70 degrees and gorgeous, and it's supposed to snow tomorrow, and I'm pissed because every single time it happens, and you're like, oh, my God, happiness. It's warm. And then Mother Nature just punts you to the curb again, like, just kidding. Mm -hmm. It's going to snow. 
Yeah, the yeah. worst part about being in Florida, especially, you know, the, the time of the year that we came, because we came uh, end of January and probably be here for a couple more weeks. Um, like I think my wife's starting to get the idea of, you know, the, the like once retired or once people retire, they, uh, you know, have the summer home and the winter home. I think mm-hmm. my wife's trying to get that idea and I don't have the, the financial status for yeah, that. Yeah, you guys that are a little living. young for retirement. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm retiring next year, so. Oh, yeah, yeah because he's investing payments, his, his, yeah, his STEMI in, in Dogecoin. So yeah, we, the STEMI, we, we can't talk to Ryan. My my STEMI's hitting Friday. I mean, Wednesday, excuse me, according to the IRS. And I'm retiring as soon as I get it, baby. I'm buying now, now every single ticket in that Park. <laughs> All of them. Take me to dicks. I'm going to ask for the balls also. The greatest oh, yeah. tweet of all time. I got to hook up with Manscaped. I can get you. Take me to Chili's. I want all the ribs. Yeah, have you seen yeah. Have you seen Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson's at breakfast? He's like, I want all of the bacon and all of the eggs. I think you I don't. I think you misheard me. I want all of the bacon. <laughs> Son, I am not joking. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to complain slightly for a moment that I have a Lego injury. I had the dreaded oh. Lego in the bottom of the foot about an hour ago, and it R. still R. really hurts like hell. I guess we'll and see I know you in 2022. I know. I know exactly. I'm going to have to go on the uh, long-term IR, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was my big complaint. I'm sitting here with my foot throbbing from stepping on it. And then you want to, like, murder your child who left the Lego out. You're just like, no. It's fine. I'm fine. Nope. I haven't have ever had the urge to murder a child, so. Well, you've probably never stepped on a Lego. Oh, I have. But it's been my, uh, nope, <laughs> not going to go there. Can you believe <laughs> Let's move that on. <laughs> someone who doesn't pay taxes left out their toy and you stepped on it? That person does not pay taxes and they hurt you. Think about that. At least you get I to know. keep their stimmy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that, child payments in the STEMI, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd still have a few Legos for that. That's why I had three last week. <laughs> I'm now a dad of three. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. All right. Well, Ryan, would you like to uh, nope. regale us with your... Oh, sorry. Well, quick pitch. Sorry. Quick pitch first. Then we can review. All right. Sorry. We're changing things up in the order. I'm, I'm, I'm a creature of habit, clearly. Okay, so our quick pitch is, which team is in the worst city? So this could be based on market, the weather, just a city you hate for no reason whatsoever, the stadium. It's a lot of things. For me, this is really easy. You go to Ohio, which is the worst state in the country, Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. it's not real, and you go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is an ugly city. Mm -hmm. It's like Cleveland, but it's worse because it has the word sin in it. Um, I just needed something else to say, and that was the first thing that popped up in my mind. Um, Ohio sucks. Oh, I should have gone Cleveland. Ah, Cle- can't kick mm-hmm. Cleveland while it's down. So I'm going <laughs> Cincinnati, um, and I would literally move them to anywhere else except for Wyoming, and I would take Cincinnati because it sucks. It's cold. Um, it's always cloudy, I feel like. And then the river set on fire, and move it to Canada. Just pick a random city in Canada, and it's already that much better. What is, Put a Tim I, Hortons in the stadium. Can we go back for a moment? What do you have against Wyoming? Um, Wyoming is not real. Like just, no, you just, just said like, Ohio isn't real. Okay. First of all, for completely different reasons. Okay. Wyoming is owned by Canadians, right? And it's made up by the government and you cannot access it. The only people who are there are Canadians. It's like birds. Okay. It's made up by the government. Wyoming is not real. 
You cannot change my mind about this. Ohio's not real because Ohio sucks. Nothing good has come from Ohio. Like Jeffrey Dahmer's from Ohio. Marilyn Manson's from Ohio. Jake Paul's from Ohio. Do I need to keep going? That is a, a compelling argument. <laughs> exactly. Logan Paul's from Ohio. Like it's just, it gets worse and worse. Wyoming's just made up. All right. Well, hard to argue with that. <laughs> Nick, what do you got? This is tough because there's a bunch of different avenues you could take. Um, I do agree with Ryan, though, that the fact that Cleveland, or excuse me, Ohio has two baseball teams makes zero sense. Um, this one's tough because, like, in football, you know, the Jaguars are the complete outlier. Like, anytime an, a city is rumored to get an NFL team, the Jaguars are the team that everyone throws to move. Um, you know, NBA, there's a couple weird teams. NHL, there's a couple weird teams as far as cities go. Uh, MLB, there's not that one outlier. Um, the fact that there's, I forget that there's five teams in California, which, you know, California is big enough to support all of them. But I feel like at this point in time, the Angels would be up there. But again, you're in Southern California, so it's not right. All, it's hard all to argue bad. you're just the worst city because we're talking about the worst team. We're talking about the worst city. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's tough. Uh, yeah, this is tough. I, I agree with any team in Ohio, but I'm going to go a little bit further into the Midwest. Uh, I'm probably going to say Kansas City because mm -hmm. I I don't really know what draw there is to Kansas City. I, I'm sure they have passionate fans based on what I see at, like, Chiefs games and stuff, but, you know, I, I don't know what draw there is. And, you know, if they were in a market like Nashville, now we're talking. But Nashville's awesome. I love Nashville. Um, and if MLB does expand to 32 teams, I would highly, highly wish that Nashville would be at the top of that list, as well as Vegas. I think it would just make too much sense. Um, but I'm going to say Kansas City, no disrespect to the Royals and their history, but, I mean, I don't really see what there is to do with Kansas in Kansas City, and St. Louis is right there. And it's apparently hot as balls, as uh, Ichiro said about Kansas City. Well, yes, and cold as can be in the winter, too, so you just get, like, the worst of both extremes. Yep. Okay, so I guess we all hate the Midwest because I'm going to go with Detroit. Um, yeah, I just... Tough, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just you, not a nice place to live. You don't have to explain that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just exactly what is there to say. It's not a nice place to live. Free agents don't want to go there because nobody wants to raise their family in Detroit. You know, it was once a really great city, but right now it has all manner of problems going on and the team is dreadful so you've kind of got a lot of things working against it so apparently we all <laughs> hate midwestern baseball i don't know crazy but, that the, like you think of cities with four major sports teams and people forget detroit is one of them yeah well detroit though was like the fourth largest city in the country used to be i think it's yeah. got like it's lost like 30 or 35 percent of its population or something no why a lot of reasons. No, no, no. Look, the last year home improvement was on TV. Mm. Two years later, everyone started leaving Detroit because Tim the Toolman Taylor was out there. That's fact. Yeah, you're full of facts tonight. Uh, don't alternative facts. Don't belittle him. He's full of facts all the time. <laughs> well, that is a great segue to the recent review, don't you think? Oh, 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 oh. You know, you're not supposed to, you know, announce a good segue. Usually you just do it. <laughs> and then well, people are like, people listening are like, damn, that's a good segue. 
Uh-huh. All right. No, I'm, so, de- I'm declaring it a good segue. They don't, they don't need to, they don't need okay, to figure okay. it out for themselves. As long as you're not saying think, you're declaring it, it's fine. I think we all <laughs> need to start making the noises that were between scenes in Home Improvement. That's how we're going to start transitioning. So we're just going to be like, oh, 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 and like all the other grunting stuff that uh, Tim Allen did in that show. That I think that's show. perfect. I great, need great show. Chili's or, Man- or Manscaped to give me a soundboard so I can have like little sound bites for, you know, new segments. I am a walking soundboard. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some sounds going on right now. <laughs> We are three weeks away from opening day in the countdown that's on as we are in the thick of spring training. It will be announced that there are new rules for the minor league baseball season this year, and they're testing them out, which means they could potentially make their way to the major league baseball level. Nice yawn. These new rules include physically bigger bases and new material on the bases to be less slick and wet weather. The bases are going from 15 inches to 18 inches. Pitchers will have a have to fully step off the rubber if they want to attempt a pickoff. Low A is limiting the number of pickoffs per AB to two. If a pitcher attempts a third and is unsuccessful, it will count as a balk. Low A is also instituting robot umps this season. Double A teams are required to have four infielders with both of their feet on the infield dirt at all times, and there must be two infielders on each side of the base, a.k.a. Double A is banning ships which is fantastic trevor bauer receives warning from major league baseball over a uniform violation and immediately cries on twitter about it because that's what trevor bauer does youtube announces that they're extending their partnership with major league baseball for the third consecutive season and they're going to be broadcasting 21 games on youtube this year Michael Franco signs a late deal with the Baltimore Orioles, and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser announced that the Nationals have been approved to admit up to 5,000 fans. That's about 12.5 capacity fans for opening day game against the New York Mets and so for on throughout the season. Nats can submit for more fans as the season progresses, and the city will monitor and adjust as the season goes on. This has been your week review brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Make sure you turn any of your meals into a party with Chili's Party Platters. These party platters come with a party size of a side and a salad for one great price. You can dine in, get delivery, or carry out. This has been your Week in Review. So how do we score one of those opening day tickets? <laughs> uh, I don't really care about going because I'm... You know, in the, Florida? Well, that, but I mean, also, I mean, I'm just not going. Like we the, are in a pancetta. Yeah, like this this panoramic <laughs> is, is still going on. <laughs> this Panera. So, um, yeah. I actually this I, Panasonic I, is just really Pantera. Yeah. This panoramic picture. Um, I wonder how they're gonna do it because this Pangea is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> um, Pantheon. Pantalones. It's a good one. That was a good one. You saved the best for last. Pasta salad. Um, I I wonder how they're going to do it because I know a lot of teams are doing mainly season ticket holders and they're limiting third-party sites to start. Um, So I feel like Nats are definitely going to put the emphasis on season tickets so they get more money. But I'm I'm interested to see how they do it. I was also wondering, like, I don't know if they're going to do upper deck or just all lower bowl. I, like, actually sat down, like, counted out the sections to figure out how many they could do but i don't know we'll see what happens um i'm a little upset i didn't see a bunch of people's meltdowns so my phone got taken away 
Uh, I mean, apparently some people on Twitter uh, are telling me, you know, breaking news, we are not in the middle of a pandemic anymore. So uh, maybe it doesn't matter, Ryan. Who knows? Well, I hope we're hopefully we're not in the middle anymore. Hopefully we're at the tail end of it. (laughs) But I guess we'll we'll find out. Never gone the way. So who knows what stage we're at? But. Yeah. Well, I read somewhere, and I can't remember which team, that there was some talk, and I don't think it was anything made official, but it was going to be season ticket holders, and they were going to limit it to people who'd been vaccinated, which I was like, how in the world are you even going to enforce that? Don't you get a card? Well, you do, but, I mean, you're going to make people, like, carry their card like a passport and show it yeah. to the stadium? Why not? Well, it's just like an yeah. ID. It's, um, I know, I know airlines are going to make you show that you're vaccinated for getting on in the summer. And it's like going to school, like you have to submit your vaccination records before you go to college. It's going to be like that eventually. Um, the Braves said that they want full stadium for the all-star game. They wanted that to be like the first event with full fans. And the Rangers said, F you, we're going to do it. Cause they wanted to show like we did it. And they said they were going to require a vaccination cards. So like, it's going to become a thing. Like, Big places yeah. like this are going to start requiring it. And, like, it fits in my wallet, and I cannot wait to flip that bad boy out and be like, yes, that does say 1220. Yes, that does say 1220. You are reading that correctly. No one's <laughs> going to care, but I'm going to care about that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that anybody cares <laughs> when you got your vaccine, but if it makes you happy. Did you laminate it so you can carry it around in your wallet? Not yet, but I should. Yeah, I, should like, I mean, your sister's a teacher, so I'm sure she can hook you up with the sweet lamination machine. She definitely could. She probably got, like, all these different, like, styles of lamination and everything <laughs> that teachers have. Yeah, she teachers can get you, cool get like you one of those cool clip uh, lanyard things. with You You can insert it and, and wear it around your neck like a, mm-hmm. like a season ticket holder does. <laughs> yeah, it always cracks me up that people do that when they're, like, they want everyone to know their season ticket holders. Like when they're freshman year college. It, it's like, in. bro... You, I'm inside of the game with you. I know you have a ticket. Like, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's do our Nats bat. So there is actually some nice Nats topics to talk about tonight. Max Scherzer pitched today and uh, fanned seven and four innings. He's looking awfully good right now. Yeah. I mean, the normal ramp up to the season is obviously going to do a lot of good for a lot of guys. Um, and I think a lot of vets too. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman is a little bit of an outlier because he took all of last year off, but you know, this kind of normal schedule routine is, uh, making a lot of guys look really good. So, you know, it's promising. I'm still not one to get too excited about spring training, but I think it's definitely more telling for pitchers, someone like Max, because you get to test velo and control and, mm-hmm. and he was and, hitting you know, 90 did he hit 99 today i think i saw somewhere I, I or 97 i definitely saw 97 he was he was hitting 97 consistently which is the biggest thing to take away from his outing uh-huh. um there was a couple pitches he still didn't really have control for but that's Means a nothing bit, that's yeah that's normal it's march 17 i'm sorry it's march 15th the main thing for max is t- uh start today was his velocity there's mm-hmm. concerns about his velocity last year his velocity was down his first start so again people are concerned but it was back up normal which shows max is feeling good and that is the most important takeaway is that he hit 97 consistently yeah and, and he had over 60 pitches i think today and this will be you know we'll talk about it obviously more as the season rolls along but i think it's important to limit <laughs> granted he's not gonna like it but limit max's pitch count you know if we're up you know five one after six 
Yeah. And he's at, you know, 85 pitches, just pull him. Like there's no need to, you don't need to let him go 117 pitches all the time, you know, right. Just cause he right. can. And then leave the game with runners on second and third and one out. And you know, it's a two run ball game now, like, which happens all too often when Davey tries to take out max, but you know, it, <laughs> you have a different situation now. Like you have your, one of your aces looking really good right now. So let's try to prolong that. Like, you know, this, not that you can look that far ahead in like right now in March, but if this team truly views themselves as a contender, save, you know, your top dogs a little bit here and there so you can gear them up for October if, if you find yourself there and whatnot. And we actually have the bullpen to support, you know, that move in game, which we haven't had before. So there's really no reason to make Pat make Max pitch more than yeah. he needs to. That's an excellent point is the bullpen is so much better going into the season that, you know, you don't have to have where you let Max go seven or eight innings and well over a hundred pitches because you're worried about the bullpen coming in and blowing the lead. Right. You know, hopefully the bullpen is a lot more stable this year and you can trust them more and you don't have to push the starters so hard. Like I understand you want innings eaters and innings eaters are, you know, a great thing to have in your rotation. I mean, that's, big reason why Lester was the guy when so many other options were still available on the market because he eats innings. But for someone like Scherzer, think of how sharp he could be, you know, when he's not forced to empty the tank every single start. I, I fully, you know, would lean that, that direction with him going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how much of a leash they give him going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, he's definitely earned whatever leash he has. Uh, let me clarify. Right, exactly. Best decision for everyone involved is to kind of scale back from what we've seen from Max in recent years. So um, speaking of how important it is to have your starters healthy, let's talk about I'm, I'm getting, Steven Strasburg. I'm getting so annoyed at this. The good news is it's his calf. Um, the diagnosis was that he had a strained plantaris muscle in his left calf. In the middle um, of this plantaris. Sorry. Oh, that was going. That was going. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's not expecting to miss much time. He thinks he will be right perfect yeah. for opening day. He thinks he'll be back next week. We've seen this story before. Yeah, I've heard this song before, I feel <clears throat> like. No, but like this man always gets hurt. It's so annoying. But the good news is it wasn't him shaking out that damn hand because I'm tired of watching him throw a pitch and start shaking out that hand. And I I'm would like, cry if I had seen like, him do it. Damn it, here we go again. He's out for the year. So it's different. Now it's his calf. Um, this I, I said it before. I'm saying again, attach an IV to this man at all times. He clearly is not stretching or, like, drinking water. He gets way too many cramps and, like, pulls too many muscles. He's not drinking enough water or not doing something because I feel like five times a year he either has a cramp or he pulls a muscle, and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not going to ever accuse him of, like, not taking it seriously, but, you know, <sighs> I hate to be that guy, but it has come up in the past. You know, if you remember the 2017 flu game incident where people were literally calling him too soft pitch, and then he goes out there, you know, sick he as hell, ass. and pitches his GD ass off. So that kind of put it to bed, but it wouldn't be the first time. I, I hate even saying that, but... You know, this also, has been such a recurring issue, like Ryan pointed out, that you would think he would have done something to address it. I'm I'm not I'm not worried about this, I should say. Um I feel like he will be fine. 
I do think he's probably going to miss the rest of spring training, but I don't think he's going to miss any regular season time, which is fine. But it's very easy to get frustrated with all of his minor injuries and stuff like that. There's just always something nagging. And the thing is, too, though, it's like you you get irritated by it, but also for a pitcher, like anything, even if it's a small calf injury, anything that makes you alter your delivery, and then you get a then you get a different injury. Yeah. So you like you can't you can't push it for a pitcher. I feel like a position player could play through a little bit of a tweak here or there, but you really can't. Unless do that you're with a Anthony pitcher. Rendon. <laughs> well, that's a whole different thing. But um, yeah, I I just wish he's gonna i i worry that strasburg is going to be one of those guys that you say at the end of his career like wow i wonder what his career could have been if he didn't get injured so much i think we're kind of, i think we're already kind of at that point because he's missed some prime years you know if you take away 2019 which again i know you can't do but just for the, the sake of this hypothetical takeaways 2019 his career looks you know all over the place if you take away 2019 i'm not sure you know, we give him that contract. No, or, that's cer- true, but of certainly course you... not to that level, not, you know, record-breaking contract that it was for 20 minutes until Garrett Cole signed. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right, although that you can say that for a lot of players. Like, yeah, if you took away sure. their best year, they wouldn't get the contract they got. But you made another point that was interesting, which was, he'll, or was it Ryan, it might have been you, who said he's probably going to miss the rest of spring training. Yep. That's right. And I think that's true. And of course, it's not that big of a deal as long as he makes his, you know, he's back for the regular season. But we just talked about how important it is when we talked about Max to have a normal preparation for the season, especially after such a weird season last year. And if he doesn't get the ramp up like he normally would, then of course you're into the season and you're working on pitches and getting your velocity up and stretching out for, you know, as many innings as you should. And it does, missing the rest of spring training is a pretty big deal, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like we exactly have the depth to uh, survive for a no. long period of time in, in a Strasburg or anyone's absence for that matter. So you Which know, brings... we want to talk. You want to talk about you know limiting Scherzer's you know innings? I think Strasburg's right there too. Yeah. Well, and actually, I wanted when we were talking about um, Max and we mentioned Zim feeling like oh he hadn't he had had so much time off and so he was a different story that brings me to joe ross who doesn't look like he's benefiting from the year off as much as zim does i mean as far as starting pitching depth everybody sort of assumes that he's got the fifth spot locked up and he probably does but i'm not impressed i guess is the word joe ross i mean it's different for him compared to zim because zim dealt with so many injuries and you know the plantar fasciitis is something that doesn't really get better unless you rest which isn't you know in the cards for a professional baseball player so you know the covid season provided a unique opportunity for zim not to really that miss that much time and rehab himself and give it another go in 2021 and so far so good someone like joe ross who is so young and you know fighting for a spot all that stuff but he he didn't even have a third pitch yet so he was constantly he was still in development. He he wasn't a Max or a Strauss or even a Zim who knew what they were or as a ball player. He was someone still learning and still trying to grow and develop. So you take away a year and he, not he, it's not like he even picks up where he left off. He's behind where he was now. Yeah, so it's like it, lost it's learning going, when kids yeah. are out of school for the summer, you know? Right. It, it's going to take a while. And I, I think he can do it. I'm a huge Joe Ross stan, but I'm also not very surprised that this is kind of what we're seeing so far. And 
Ross struggling in his recent spring training outing, honestly, it's a good thing. If Ross is going to be a rock in this rotation, and if he is going to be here long-term potentially, if he's going to take that jump to the next level, he's going to have to learn how to get out of jams. You're not going to cruise through everything. Having these situations like this are good for him and his development. That's same for all young pitchers. Them learning what's going to work in those situations, what's not going to helps them get better. Now, it didn't work, but that is another situation where he can learn from it and develop and know, all right, next time in this situation, I'll throw this pitch down the way instead of trying to do a fastball up and in because that didn't work. It's a good thing when they are having these situations. Mm-hmm. You just want them to actually you know, be able to get out of it, but it is helping them develop and become better pitchers. Yeah, if you're going to have the meltdown, have it in spring training when the game right. doesn't mean anything. So, you know, I agree. And, you know, for – basically every team in baseball, maybe except the Dodgers, like the realistic best case scenario for your four or five starter is to eat innings. Like I've mentioned it a couple of times now. So with Joe Ross, we don't need him to have like a, a sub three, you know, dominant season. If he did, that'd be freaking great. Obviously. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But if he has like a four ERA and pitches close to, you know, 160 innings, I'm going to consider that a great success out of our fifth spot, uh, especially from someone like Joe Ross, who we talked about all these, you know, obstacles he's had to overcome in his development for, you know, good reason. I'm not saying it was a mistake for him to opt out, but, you know, if if that's what we get from him, that'll be fine because like Ryan said, his job essentially is to get out of jams and pitch deep into games. So if he faces that now in spring training, he knows – how to better do that once the games mean something. Oh, yep. Well, it's definitely, he's not been impressive so far, but working through stuff in spring training is what you're supposed to do. So hopefully he'll be a little bit more reliable once the season starts. And um, I don't really see anybody challenging him for that fifth spot in the <laughs> no, rotation at this no, point. No, so no, no, it's no. not like we're, la- we're, uh, we're got lots of pitching depth that we need to, he needs to worry about his job. No. Not so much. Okay, let's talk about Zim a little bit more. We've mentioned him in passing here a couple of times. He is looking very good, hitting lots of bombs. Are we going to see a renaissance here from Zim? He is high off that cortisone shot and living the life. Um, it's good seeing him play well. Um, I have his numbers right here, but sorry, Finn is laying on my phone. He <laughs> is 5 for 11 with three home runs and seven RBIs. That's a great start. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of those things where if he keeps doing this throughout spring training, you're like, damn, really wish we had a DH because him hitting well does nothing because he's not the starting for his baseman. Yeah. It's Josh Bell. Josh Bell's starting for his baseman. You acquired him for that reason. It's good to see him hit well. I know fans are really happy about it. Question is, will he be able to keep it up? He seems healthy. So hopefully he does because if he does, it'll make first base a lot better this year. What do you think about – what if we see Bell struggling and Zim's hitting really well? Do you think there's any chance that we see more of Zim than we're thinking we do? I mean, um, if they do, then it was one of the worst trades in franchise history. That and, I mean, Bell would really have to struggle for it to be anything more than like a 65-35 split in favor of Bell. Yeah, see, I was thinking it's going to be more like 80-20, but I wonder if no, Zim's no, doing I'm really saying well like, if you see more like that. Like I'm saying if Bell was doing poorly, it would, at you know the most extreme we would see is still 65% in favor of Bell. It's going to be like 80-20 in favor of Bell because 
not only is Bell a serious upgrade over someone like Eric Thames, and like if you had someone like Eric, you know, we all hyped up the Eric Thames signing because on paper it worked well. Thames against righties, Zim against lefties, platoon about 50-50, maybe a little bit in favor of Zim. Like it worked well, but with Josh Bell it doesn't because he is an established first baseman. He's young and he's a switch hitter. It's not like he's just a lefty. So, you know, there isn't really a platoon spot for Zim, really, because in theory, Josh Bell can hit against everyone and without a severe disadvantage like righty versus lefty or vice versa. So, yeah, Zim mashes lefties and he's going to get a shot, especially against lefties. But like Ryan said, without the DH, it really hurts someone like Zim. So it's going to be interesting to see just how effective he can be in a bench role because he's never gone a season in his career where he's been or hasn't gotten regular at bats when he's healthy. So it's something to keep an eye on if he can keep it going. Yes. Well, certainly a good problem to have. It's a, it's a rare problem to have for us. We're not used to this. <laughs> I guess we'll see how it goes. Okay. Let's talk. Um, I feel like we have to bring it up. Gerardo Para, the uh, social media team for the Nets. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. I want him gone. Don't care at all. Um, have you seen the video of that ball guy where he's like, I am panicking. Because I'm going to lose my job. That's going to be the NAS social media team when Harada Para is cut in a couple of weeks because their entire content is just whatever they tweet in 2019. That's all they're capable of doing. So the day he's cut, the intern's going to be wow. panicked. Harsh words. Am I wrong? No, they you're not wrong. We, we, we talk jokes, about... captions, hashtags over and over. Bro, they're bringing back Nanitude, which is a thing in, like, literally our first season, you know, Mama at Nats Mia. Park. Like... They have no original ideas, and it's just frustrating. Like, it took Gerardo Parra singing some stupid kid song as a joke for them to have any content that people cared about. It's just, it's it's so played out. And, like, it was fine for, like, the rally and the run and stuff. Retire it. Let it go. No one to let it go. So do you think there's any chance he makes a club? Yes, there's a huge chance, because what else are the Nats social media team going to talk about well i don't think they're making roster decisions though no but the fact that harada par would be on the team that he can be on tv everyone can that is in the stands can do baby sharks that continue to sell baby shark merch that's very much a factor into who gets that last spot especially if having a, an outfielder like harada parda isn't like a, a dumb move necessarily like a, a six or like seven outfielder. move that can if, make if, sense, if a, right? Yeah, if it's his fifth outfielder, then you can justify it, but you get the added bonus of marketing and merchandise and dumb stuff like that. So he has a very real shot at making it, and that's what sucks because he provides nothing as a ball player anymore. All right. So big fans of Para. <laughs> All right. Speaking of people who may or may not get cut, the first round of camp cuts were made. Um, it's yesterday, day before. Uh, I think it was yesterday. A lot of the you know bigger names were sent over to the minor league portion of camp. Rutledge, um, let's see, Rowdy Reed, people we've seen play in the big leagues. A couple. Um, who else have we talked a lot about? Kate Cavalli, obviously. Jacob Contra Bogon. Is it Bogan or Bogon? I don't know how you no say idea. It. Uh, and Tuna, um, Cole Henry, you know, mm -hmm. some of the, the high title prospects that, you know, you know, you would expect to get, you know, assigned to AAA or wherever, just because obviously everyone's going to be getting spring training invite. 
They, mm-hmm. they want to see how they do against some, some you know, good talent. And then the, their plan was always to put them back in, uh, yeah. in AAA. And I mean, Jake Knoll Chris, is another one. He, went to, well, they, he got an option to AAA. That's not surprising either. But, you know, look, Chris Bryant had one of the best spring trainings ever for anyone when he was a rookie and he still got put down in AAA. that was a service time manipulation but again it's not really in team's plans to really give these young guys a shot it's seeing what you have continuing the evaluation process and then assign them where you're always going to assign them yep all right so we are going to do our um al east predictions but before we do that nick would you like to uh share a word from our sponsor I absolutely would because, fellas, I'm going to talk about the lawnmower 3.0, and there's a very good reason for it because as loyal heaters that I know you guys are, you guys prefer Nick's to be on your podcast and not on your balls, and the lawnmower 3.0 can help you with that. No Nick technology. I am not involved in it whatsoever because the lawnmower 3.0 – Smooth, quiet, you know, great design, flashlight, literally everything you could want, waterproof, huge, huge game changer, everything you could want in your men's grooming technology from bush to tush, and Hatchery High Heat has got you covered. Use promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Buy the Lawnmower 3.0, you should already have it, but for, you know, potential new listeners or those of you too stubborn to, you know, listen to me, I'm trying to help you out. Help me help you help us because we can help each other. I can help you with your ball situation. You can help us with our sponsor. I think it's a win-win there. So go to Manscaped, use our promo code, be happy, be healthy, look good. Good advice. Thank you. Good advice. Okay, let's talk AL East. Um, so we're going to get just talk a little bit about each team, give our predictions, and let's start with the Yankees. Hard to talk about the AL East without thinking of the Yankees first. Yeah, yeah. Yankees are they're good. Um, Aaron Boone is back coaching after his procedure. Glad to see he's doing okay. Um, he had 100-plus wins in each of his first two seasons. They had a pretty good season last year, but they keep falling short in the playoffs. Um, they have... Garrett Cole, everyone knows about that. The rotation is their biggest question mark. They did bring back DJ LeMayu, and their biggest question mark coming into the offseason was left-handed bat. They reunited with Brett Gardner after everything, who should probably be um, platooning with Aaron Hicks out there as well, so that'd be a pretty nice thing for them. The bullpen was an issue as well, um, but they went out, they traded Adam Ovino, to the Red Sox, which made no sense because they needed bullpen help. Um, I believe that they have Darren O'Day, and I think they got um, Chad Green and Zach Brand there as well, along with Chapman. It's going to be pretty good. The Yankees are going to be in the thick of it in the AL, not only in the AL East, but the AL as well. Yankees lineup is good. Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stan are healthy. Judge has new teeth and he looks really freaking weird, but probably adds about 30 more home runs. He's more aerodynamic now because of it. So maybe he won't get hurt this year. Science. They <laughs> science. Um, <laughs> they are good. They're gonna be good again. They're probably gonna win the AL East. Garrett Cole should do pretty big things this year, and I believe they will get over hundred wins again with the Bronx Bombers. 
All right. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, not really much to say about the Yankees because they're very similar to what we've kind of seen from the past couple of years with the Yankees, but especially more so this year because their biggest signings were bringing guys back. Obviously, DJ LeMay, he was the big one. Um, they brought back, uh, obviously, Brett Gardner. And, you know, they're what they're rolling with is kind of just what they've always been rolling with. But it's the, the Nats philosophy we saw for years and years and years. We just need our guys to be healthy. Judge can't stay on the field, but when he is, he's a top five player in baseball. Stanton, you know, nobody's talking about how, you know, bad that contract is because he's not even playing outfield anymore. So you gave $300 million to a DH, which if he was doing MVP numbers like he did in Miami, that's fine. But he hasn't been because he can't even stay healthy. And he's not, again, he's not even playing the field. So, you know, I, I predicted my bold prediction last year was Garrett Cole would do regress. I was dead wrong on that, but that's the point of being bold. So you have him, but Luis Severino is still hurt. He's on the 60-day DL, so who knows when I'm going to see him. You lost Masahiro Tanaka, and uh, you lost J.A. Happ and James Paxton. I, I can't remember who, who they signed to fill, but it wasn't, to my re- recollection, anyone substantial. They do have good young arms but again it's not going to be enough to put them over the top the yankees problem of you know of not being able to give her that get over that hump was never about offense it was about you know pitching always about pitching always about pitching their lineup is a murderer's row to borrow i mean even their you know quote unquote best reliever in a role to chapman he was the one who gave up the you know walk-off bomb to a jose altuve to send the astros to the world series so, you know, their problem has been pitching, 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 and they did a great job addressing that with Cole, but the rest of, you know, the team isn't, or the, the rotation isn't looking all that great. And you, you lost, um, I think Zach Britton's hurt. No, damn, I forgot his name. But, you, you know, your bullpen isn't even as strong as it once was when, you know, you had the, the bullpen of aces, so to speak. So, but... Needless to say, you know, they're still going to be good. They're still going to win over 100 games. The Rays aren't going to be as good. We'll get to them in a second. But, you know, it's the Yankees' division. They'll probably make it to the ALCS and lose to whoever the hottest team is at that time. So, you know, Yankees are but, the Yankees. So you say over 100? I'm a little bit yeah. less bullish on the Yankees. I mean, they're, obviously their offense is terrific. Um, there's not much to say. Although, as you pointed out, Stanton has rarely been healthy through a season. And I... Judge has done nothing to show us that he can stay healthy for a year. He looks great right now, but I expect he's going to be hurt. I don't know how bad it'll be, but I expect he'll miss time. He always does. And, you know, I actually wonder about Judge. Like, they haven't extended him. Doesn't he has after this year, isn't it, only one more year left on his contract? I mean, he's going to want a gazillion dollars. He's going to be 30. And he can't stay healthy. I don't know. I mean, I Judge is obviously, you know, sort of – He's one of those th- players that when he's when he's on, any team would kill to have him. But he he doesn't ever give you what what he could if he could stay on the field for a hundred and even one hundred and fifty games. I think the most he's ever played is one hundred and twelve games. Right. And I don't know. So I, he's always one of those things to me where you look and you say, "Wow, look how great their look how great their lineup is." But it's always a yeah, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So obviously their pitching is a little bit 
of a weakness and it always gets them late in the year. It always gets them in the postseason. I expect it will be the same this year that they'll have a really good run. I'm going to go like 97 wins somewhere in that range. And uh, they'll obviously be in the playoffs, I think, but I don't, I don't think they're going the whole distance. I mean, if you miss the playoffs with 97 wins, I feel horrible. Well, that's why you. I said they'll be in the playoffs, obviously. But you, said, you said probably be in the playoffs, obviously, so it's a little bit uh, of a... Probably, obviously, yeah. So anyway, they'll be in the playoffs, of course, but I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're built to win the whole thing. They are again. not built different. Not built different. All right, who are we doing next? Uh, Rays. Yeah, the Rays. Um, they went 14-20 last year. They went to the World Series. The only problem was that they ran into the best team in baseball, the Dodgers, and they fell short of winning the World Series. So you thought they were going to build on that. Well, it's the Rays. Not so um, they never do. They created their biggest need. Their biggest need coming to the offseason was starting pitching. Uh, they declined Charlie Morton's option, and they traded away Blake Snell. I don't think they wanted to. I think they were forced to because Blake Snell was not very happy with them. And then Yoni Chirinos is out for the season following Tommy John, but they do still have a pretty solid rotation with Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarborough. Um, they signed Michael Waka and they brought back Chris Archer. And here's the other thing about the Rays. They pump out young arms like it's nobody's business. Yep. And they have a lot of good young arms in their system. They got Shane McClanahan, Josh Fleming, Luis Patino, Joe Ryan, Brent Honeywell Jr., and Brendan McKay. They're probably going to use all those guys because they use more pitchers than everyone not named the Dodgers. And they're probably going to get three stars out there. They pump out young pitchers like it's nobody's business um they needed a left-handed reliever as well because they lost colin poach and jalen beats to injury they also traded away jose alvarado so left-handed is a little interesting so right now all they have is cody reed and ryan sheriff who are good but it's not the guys that i mentioned that is a step down but then again it's the rays they'll probably find ways for their bullpen to be elite like it always is even though you don't think they should be good the lineup is basically what it was last year i don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year you know being that many games over 500 i do they win last year they won 40 they won 40 games last year in the regular season yeah they went they went 40 and 20 um, I don't think they're going to be as good. I think they finish below 90 wins, but I think they come in second. So I don't know if that's kind of bold saying only one team in AL East wins over 90 games, but I have the Rays winning 89 games and just a bunch of dudes you never heard of having like under two ERAs in the bullpen. Probably. I think um, they also have, Sh- I think his name is Shane Baz, but he was the third guy in the initial Chris Archer trade. And we've already seen how good Glass now and Meadows can be and how bad Chris Archer was for the Pirates. So I think it's safe to say the Rays did win that trade. Um, but Ryan's absolutely right there. You know, I won't say their strength, but eh, yeah, their strength is developing pitchers. Whether or not that will be a strength this year remains to be seen because it is a lot of a turnover. Even Tyler Glass now didn't have a sharp season last year, but a lot of people didn't. So maybe, you know, with a regular spring training and build up to the season, he kind of gets back to what they would expect. Um, but they do have plenty of guys to plug and play. They love using the opener. So, you know, I'm sure we'll see some creative methods despite, you know, Kevin Cash's 
missteps in the World Series, especially with Blake Snell. I do think he's a good manager, and he is very analytical and strategic with his decisions. That one, you know, probably just got the better of him under the big lights. But, again, I do think, you know, over the course of 162-game season especially, he is going to shine um, and help a team that probably shouldn't win that many games win more than they should. And, you know, you get a full season of Randy Orozarena, who's probably um, a rookie of the year candidate, if not the rookie of the year candidate in the AL. So we'll see how his game translates to, you know, a a full season and see if some other guys can can step up. But I have them at 91 wins, so a little bit higher than Ryan, but probably not. I don't know what 40 wins in a 60-game season translates over to, uh, you know, a full season, but probably not as good as they were last year. But, again, that's probably to be expected because you have a, a bigger sample size. But I, I think they'll be fine, and I still think they'll be a, a playoff team. Yeah, I agree with most of that. Um, I think they're likely to be not as good as they were last year. Um, I think they super overperformed. And, you know, in a short sample size, it's easier to do that. I think we've talked lots of times about how one of the best things about baseball is that the season is so long that the best teams really do generally wind up the ones that end up in the playoffs and you know, the ones that win where in a, a shorter season, crazier things can happen. There's, there's not really an any given Sunday kind of feel to me about baseball, but um, I've got them in the over 90 wins, but maybe right around where you are, Nick, like 90, 91. Um, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near where they were in the last full season. I don't know. Um, I don't feel great about them. They're going to do their money ball thing like they always do, but it just felt like such a, kind of fairy tale thing last year that I don't see that. I don't see that repeating. So I'm going to go, I guess I'll go 90 since you went 91. So we don't have the same number. I mean, we're all in the same boat, 89, 90, 91. I don't think any of us would be that shocked if they were within two games of our projected, uh, you know, win total. Yes. And maybe they'll surprise us. They've surprised people before. This is true. All right. Let's talk Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are a lot like, the Padres from a couple of years ago. Um, they were pretty good last year with 32 and 28 record. They have a good farm system. They have a lot of pretty exciting young guys. They have Bo Bichette playing short, who is honestly, he's pretty good. He doesn't get the hype as Tatis, but he might have a better career than Tatis. That's a bold prediction from Ryan. Um, Vlad, Thick Vlad is going to first base. They already realized that Thick Vlad cannot move well enough to play third, but he can hit the freaking ball. So that's pretty exciting for them. Going into the offseason, their biggest needs were people who can throw strikes and people who can play defense because their pitching was atrocious last year. They have ace with Hunjin Ryu. Um, they did last year. They had Chase Anderson and Tanner Roark. Both of them were meh. They did have Nate Pearson, who is was the uh, number one prospect for the organization, and he looked fantastic pitching. So this offseason, they brought back Robbie Ray on the one-year $8 million deal, and then they also acquired Steven Matz to be the sixth starter and also an occasional lefty spot start. So the rotation is pretty nice on paper. Third base is their biggest weakness right now. Um, They have Kevin Biggio starting, who's not that great. They do have some pretty good prospects and Jordan and Groshans who might come up and start for them. They signed Marcus Simeon to play second base. He's pretty good offensively and he's a great defender. So that's a very nice middle of the infield with Simeon and Bo Bichette. And the biggest move for them was signing George Springer. 
This is why I say they're a lot like the Padres. They're the young, exciting team with a pretty good core and a good farm system that just signed a big-name player to show the rest of the league that they're ready to make their move and they're ready to start competing. I don't think this is their year to start competing. I think they do finish above 500. I think they get to about 85 wins. I don't think they have the pitching, though, to get them into the playoffs. But with a pretty top-heavy American League, they should have a pretty good season, and they're going to be a force in the AL East for the next several years. I like what they're doing. Um, I don't know how much Springer changes things for this year. I think your your comp to the Padres when they signed Machado is really good. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't an immediate, hey, we're going to be we're going to go out and be world beaters now, but it it was assigned to the rest of the league, and you can see what they've done since. So I do think the the Jays are trying to actually get competitive. I think um, Vlad Jr. is he's good. I mean, he's really good. But it's funny, you know, we watch guys like Tatis and Soto and Acuna who are doing just crazy things as really young players, and you get sort of out of whack with the normal progression of rookies and how they get better over the years. And I think Vlad is probably on a more normal track. He's getting better each year, and hopefully he improves again this year. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I go 87, 86 for them. I, I think they're going to be much improved this year, but – the AL East is just too much for them. Yeah, I'm kind of around the same boat. I had them at 85 wins, which I think is a, a really, really solid season for them. But I think they just fall probably a two or three games short of that second wild card spot. Um, I think pitching is ultimately their downfall. I would have loved to have seen them maybe make a move for uh, Sonny Gray. Um, I'm glad they didn't sign Bauer because I actually Loki liked the Blue Jays and I hate Bauer, so that just wouldn't have been a good fit. Um, would but, it not for you in your fandom would not have been a good fit. No, no, uh, that was not going to be approved by me. Um, but you know, I I think Ryan hit the nail on the head. They are a lot like the Padres, and you know, George Springer. I think where the um, Blue Jays are now at the time Springer signed is a little bit further along in the, the process than the Padres were at the time, you know, Manny Machado side and even, you know, especially when Eric Hosmer signed there. Um, if the Blue Jays can shell out money next year, uh, maybe on a Chris Bryant, but definitely, you know, improving their pitching. Um, you know, I don't know how, much good, you know, a 38-year-old Zach Greinke or, you know, a 38, 39-year-old Justin Verlander would do for them. But someone of that caliber for that rotation, just to kind of get that accelerated push would be awesome. But I think they are still a year away. But they're going to be a fun team to watch, so that, that's what I'm here for. And I do, I really love the Marcus Simeon signing because it wasn't, you know, a direct fit because Simeon was a shortstop and they're playing him at second base. But I love when teams make that move to kind of fit well-rounded ball players into a team, even though it might not be a, a direct puzzle piece. I love it, and I, I think the Blue Jays are really on the cusp. All right, let's go to Red Sox. The Red Sox are interesting. Um, they missed the playoffs the last two seasons. They finished dead last in the American League East last year. Their problem is... Shane Bloom, who used to be with the Tampa Bay Rays, is operating like a small market team. 
I don't think he realizes that he is a big market team with a team that will sell out every single game with a very loyal fan base. You're in Boston. Boston people love their sports, especially in the Northeast. They love their baseball. You can have a $250 million payroll. They're going to support it. Um, he is improving the roster, but it's not to the quality that the Red Sox are used to. He added Adam Olivino, Gary Richards, and they added for second baseman, utility guy, Kike Hernandez, which was a fantastic move. Um, they also signed Marwin Gonzalez. Their question is, will Matt Barnes be able to hold down the, um, the back end of the bullpen to be the elite closer. He was a question mark last year. The rotation does get a pretty good boost getting Chris Sale back, even though he hasn't pitched in three years. Eduardo Rodriguez is healthy from battling his long bout with COVID. So again, Nathan Neovaldi does not have to be the ace. That is a pretty good rotation, adding Richards and Martin Perez. And they also have Nick Pavetta in the system. That's good. Their lineup is going to hit. Christian Vasquez can hit. We already know Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts. Um, they had Hunter Renfro. He can hit, and so can J.D. Martinez. They're going to hit. They're going to score. The question is, is the rotation and bullpen good enough? I don't think so. I think they get to 81-82 wins. I think the Red Sox are quietly doing a like rebuild, but not really a rebuild, where they're still going to be making moves, but they're in the process of the rebuild. So I think they missed the playoffs again for a third year in a row, which is like the most unacceptable thing in the world for Boston. If you don't win championship, everyone hates you there. Um, and I think they finish just around 500. Yeah, the, uh, the Mookie Betts trade was asinine for plenty of reasons. Um, but I think the biggest is one Ryan hit on is that the Red Sox could have paid him. It's not like they were a small market team that was destined to to miss out on, uh, you know, their homegrown superstar that was bound for the bright lights, big city. Like Boston is a destination for free agents. So it was kind of a shock to see that happen. We had heard rumblings, but to actually see it unfold the way it did is, is shocking. Um, but I think, you know, maybe I'm getting him too much credit. Only time will tell. I think Chain Bloom's trying to build something more sustainable because what we saw with the Red Sox in their past two championships, and granted it worked, but they spent a boatload of cash and literally went all in and won, but then it collapsed gloriously. So it required a, a reboot in. Um, a, a rebuild in some cases. We've seen them do it plenty and plenty of times. It seems like the doctors are always the one to, to bail out the team. But, you know, it seems like they do have something that looks to be more sustainable than their previous model for winning. Um, and, you know, looking at the roster, they're a lot closer to being contenders again than some might realize, especially with Chris Sale coming back. Um, we'll see. have to see how he's pitching, but their lineup is great. Even without Mookie Betts, Alex Verdugo looks like he's going to be a stud. They still have plenty of other studs, and they have him locked up. I mean, even after trading Ben Attendee, too, you know, you have Bogart's long-term. J.D. Martinez is still holding it down, living up to that contract. Devers is cheap, mashing. Um, I mean, Christian Vasquez is another one. Like, their, their lineup is really good, so it's just a matter of pitching, and their pitching is definitely not there yet but I wouldn't be shocked if the Red Sox were one offseason away from really being a threat again, but it, it's not this year. So I have them at a little below 500. So I would say like 79 wins. 
Yeah, I find them a little bit confusing right now, what, what their plan is. Um, I had them right at 81-81, just a 500 team. I don't think they're going to the playoffs, although it does feel like they aren't far away from it, but I just don't think they're going to get there this year. But they're just a little bit confusing. I mean, they made enough. they make enough moves and do enough to feel like they're not you know, giving up and not doing anything and just saying, okay, it's not our year or we're not going to, you know, we're not going to try right now. We're going to go for a rebuild, but they're also not really pushing enough to make a real run at it in a division like the one they're in. Um, the, the Blue Jays feel like they're the team on that's ascending and the, the Red Sox just feel like they're treading water to me. So I guess we'll see if they maybe overperform a little bit, but I just, you know, they're going to lose a lot of games in division. So I think it's going to be very hard for them to get over 500. It also makes me mad that a team like the Rays didn't capitalize on this window within their own division. Like, yes, the Yankees are still there, but usually you have the Yankees and Red Sox, and sometimes there is that third team that, you know, has a good spurt, like the Orioles did, like the Blue Jays did, you know, in the early 2010s. So, you know, this is a great opportunity for the Rays to spend on a free agent and try to get over that hump, leap from the Yankees, which they did last year, but it's kind of a, a weird how the season played out was a little weird, but you know, they're rolling with what I guess has semi worked, but again, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Red Sox back ahead of the Rays next year. Yeah. Certainly ahead of the Orioles. Well, <laughs> they finished behind last year. So shall we say something nice about the Orioles? Camden Yards, still one of my favorite parks in, in all of baseball. I do. <laughs> I do like Camden Yards. Anything else? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Anything else about I can name Trey Mancini? No welcome comment. back to baseball. Yeah, yeah Trey yeah. Mancini. So I can name three players: Chris Davis, Trey Mancini, John Means. Couldn't you could give me? Don't they $10 have some? Million. Don't they have some really highly touted prospect whose didn't, name is completely But didn't they let right go now? of their yeah, uh, their, their best catcher. player from last year? Yeah, I can't. I mean, not that he was like a, a, a world beater, but he was their most productive player last year, and I'm pretty sure they let him go. Didn't trade him. They literally let him go. They do have that catcher, but, you know, we've rarely seen a catcher impact the game on a huge level. I mean, not that anyone can really do it by themselves, but. (sighs) Yeah, it's just hard. You know, I feel almost bad for their fans, except I hate their owner so much that. The good news is. want all suffering that comes to that organization. (laughs) The good news is Orioles fans have the Ravens. Just enjoy Lamar Jackson. You like, know what? That's, that's, that's really what you got going for you. Point. That's a really And they're not point. too far from the ballpark either. So you can literally just walk on down, catch a Ravens game on a Sunday afternoon instead of a <laughs> Orioles game. I guess you can tell that to long-suffering Washington football fans too. Like at least you guys have the caps. And the I mean, Nats. they have a terrible owner too. So I wish everything that comes to yes. that horrible franchise. Yeah. I'm hoping that it will get bad enough that, He'll have to sell the team, and we'll get a new it. Owner. It's already that bad. Would be amazing. It's already bad, my friend. I know. <laughs> I know. Happening. I'm a lifelong fan. Believe me, I've I've seen, and I'm old enough to remember when they were amazing, and they were like they they were the kings of DC. Yeah, you are Every, old enough. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Pipe down, child. <laughs> anyway, so the Orioles are going to lose. They're going to lose the division. They'll be last place. I don't know, sixty-five wins. Bold. Are you going to put out a win total? Uh, 57. Wow. All right. Ryan? 
No, I just, I'm just like, we're framing from this entire conversation because the Orioles don't deserve any consideration. Um, I'll say 61 wins. Okay. 57, 61, and 65. We'll see what happens. All right. And that concludes our AL East preview. And uh, let's get out of here on our one big thing. Who wants to go first? You know what's annoying? <laughs> Tell us what's annoying, Ryan. <clears throat> um, the NFL played its entire season, right? It pretty much, Pretty much every single team, except for like three or four, didn't have fans. They did all their playoffs off fans. They had fans at the Super Bowl. Their revenue was down. And um, the New England Patriots spent $250 million in one day. That's more than all baseball spent in like 75 days. So it just shows you more proof how terrible baseball owners are and how they keep playing this cheap card. And I just keep bringing this up every chance I get. The owners are ruining baseball. And the NFL one day of offseason was more exciting than the last five MLB offseasons combined. So, yeah, um, I just don't like MLB owners, and I just had to bring that up again. Well, everybody was pretty unclear about how you felt about MLB owners. So I'm glad let me, let me, let me, let me clarify more. I don't like rich people, in case anyone was concerned about how I felt or was uncertain about that. But you just, you're going to get your STEMI in there. I One of the things you hate. That's the <laughs> thing. I hate rich people, and I'm about to be rich as hell when I get the STEMI on. You Wednesday, either so. die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become I've a villain. I've won. But at what uh-huh. cost? <laughs> Everything. Everything. All right, Nick, what do you got? Uh, mine's just going to be the same as last episode. My uh, article on the site came out ranking the MLB ballparks. I did 21 through 30 on Friday. And then this upcoming Friday, what is that, the 19th, I will have 11 through 20. Um, just a little highlight. One of my, like going through it, kind of I was trying to jog my memory because it's been probably I was in high school so what almost 10 years since I I visited some of these parks Um, but one I really liked you know Amanda you brought up Detroit earlier was Comerica because I I, oh I haven't been I thought it was it's not in a great part (laughs) but you know you do get the Detroit skyline and it has a lot of unique features which is something I'm really you know um, factoring hard in in these rankings and i think if i always can but if i were to redo these rankings comerica would probably bump up a little bit because i really enjoyed it and has a great feel to it um but that was just kind of one note i had the the 21 through 30 is probably the easiest to do because there are some bad bad ballparks out there but Keep I told you on Twitter, I'm shocked that you didn't include Nats Park in your 21 through 30. I'm sure it's going to make an appearance in your next one because I can't imagine it being in your top 10. Yeah, I mean, a little taste for you guys. Like, Nats Park comes in at 20, so you'll you'll see that on, on the next uh, batch that comes out on Friday. But Nats Park has not aged well, not aged well. So if some of these teams with bad ballparks, like the Athletics, like the Rays, like the Blue Jays, um, maybe even like the White Sox, if they decide to, you know, undergo uh, development plans for a new stadium. If all those teams get new stadiums and they live up to the hype, then you could easily see Nats Park as one of the worst. And some people already have it there. I put a little bit of bias into it and had it 20, but, you know, there isn't much I can say about it to argue any higher than that. And all the arguments I can have or have to have it that high are quickly fading because the Nats just 
don't maintain and upkeep their, their own park. And it's kind of a joke, but you know, you can read more about it in my article. Yes. You'll have to read the, if you want the rest of Nick's thoughts, you'll have to read the article. All right. My one big thing isn't very exciting. It's just that um, the capitals are kicking acres oh of ass God. and they're never going to lose again. They're never losing a game again. They're going to win all the rest of their games for the whole rest of the season. Maybe forever. You never miss a chance not to talk about baseball. I know. I know. Did you watch the game tonight? They won six to nothing. Uh, granted, it was the Sabres. And the I say Terror. the Sabres do not count. I know. <laughs> Ryan could beat the Sabres by himself. I know. I know. It's the Sabres. I, but I am very excited to see them play the Islanders tomorrow, which is a much more difficult opponent. And it's almost as if, almost as if they shouldn't have let Barry Trotz leave. I'll just almost. 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 All right. You guys got anything else? Nope. We're good. Send us home. All right. Well, thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. Um, you can find all our handles at the at Half Street High Heat account. Check out the website at halfstreethighheat.com for Nick's article this coming Friday, plus lots of other great stuff. Um, also, check out the rundown with Half Street High Heat on YouTube, where there are awesome videos, and there will be more coming soon. I'm not sure who our next player introduction or player profiles going to I be. I believe but. it's John Lester, but don't quote me on that. Fair enough. Well, we'll have an update for that on that maybe in the next couple of days. Anyway, so check out all, check us out everywhere you can find us. Make sure you visit the shop as well at T Public. You can find the link for that on the website. There's lots of great merch. There's some Shaq is Dead merch, RIP Shaq. If you haven't gotten Shaq. any of that yet, make sure you do. I'm still hoping we're, you're going to get it back, Ryan. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed. I, I guess we'll see. that's a no all right guys have a great couple of days and we will talk again on when wednesday well thursday but yeah thursday for you people listening wednesday for us all right you people you people there's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're going to win today. Let's go. By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats, we've got a game to play We're gonna win today, let's go
ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.